Have you or a family member ever left the doctor visit and felt confused or couldn't remember important details of the conversation? In this video, you will learn how to easily record the specifics and complexities of your discussion and share them with your family and trusted friends. Hi, I'm Dr. Dan Gardner and I talk about traumatic brain injury recovery. And today I'm pleased to be speaking with David Weekly, founder and CEO of MedQuarter. David, welcome. Traumatic Brain Injury Recovery. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell me a bit about MedQuarter, your background, and how you got to develop this app. Sure. So MedQuarter is an app that's available on both the Android and Apple app stores that a patient can download, set up a room, and then come to a physician appointment, and with the physician's permission, record what the doctor is telling them. That recording is then pushed into the cloud, it's automatically transcribed, and it's shared with whomever the patient wanted to share it with. Tell me, who would use this and in what situation? Sure, anytime a doctor may be telling you information where you don't feel confident, you'll be able to retain everything that they're saying, uh, you'll, be, you'll not be able to maybe fully understand everything that they're explaining to you, and you wanna review what they're sharing with you with close friends and family. This might be a test result, it might be uh, an appointment where you are getting a diagnosis or walking with the doctor through a number of different medical options. We largely built this for uh, geriatric oncology, so to help older people understand what was going on with their cancers and to share that update with close family members. And this is especially helpful for families where they may have members who want to know what's going on who are not nearby. So the way that I came about developing this application was my mom got lung cancer and mm. uh, fairly quickly had a number of complications and then passed. Uh, mm. It's hard to understand what was going on and find ways to support her from thousands of miles away. A year after that, my brother got brain cancer and somewhat miraculously has done pretty well with that. And then a few years after that, my father got prostate cancer and unfortunately passed due to that. So it was really that third time around helping manage my dad's care and helping figure out what was happening that we ended up coming up with this flow where my dad would ask the physician for permission to record the consult. He would take that audio file and email it to me as an attachment. I would manually transcribe it, pull out the most salient bits, link to any terms I was unfamiliar with, whether they were medications or procedures or studies that were being done. And then we would update a Google Doc with what we had found about what was going on with my dad. And that flow was pretty useful because we noticed that a lot of information was being shared by doctors in these consultations that wasn't perfectly represented in other media. It wasn't like the doctor was just reading a pamphlet and then handing it to a patient to review later. And similarly, discharge summaries or visit notes didn't fully encapsulate all the different things that were talked about and the nuances of the pros and cons of different options. So there was a lot of really quality content that was only ever presented once in that consultation. And it was really important to be able to capture that and to come back to that. So I thought, wow, we should make this as easy as pushing a button on a phone, right? You should be able to get a high quality audio recording of that meeting that you had with the doctor. Uh, machine transcription has gotten better and better year over year. 
Um, we're getting to a point now where a low-cost automated transcription can provide a usable summary of what was discussed. So I started designing this about a year and a half, two years ago. We launched uh, what I would consider an engineering prototype in the App Store halfway through last year, through 2018. And then I quit my job at Google in January to go full-time on building this company. So you have an engineering background? That's correct. My dad's dad had a job title of computer, so I like to joke with people on one quarter computer. I started programming at the age of five. I came out here to California to get my computer science degree at Stanford and worked in a number of different engineering roles before starting my first company a little over 15 years ago. So MedCorder is actually my third company. So you have a very useful background and you also have a personal history that motivates you to develop this special app. I just have to say myself, being a practicing physician, and dealing with many anxious patients and patients who have memory problems from one reason or another, I find this app very useful. People will ask me at the end of the visit, now, uh, could you repeat that again? Or could you write this down for me? Or people will call me back or family members will call me back for clarification of what I told their family member. So I see a great use for it. My brother-in-law, Jason, actually had a very bad accident about a year ago where he fell down a set of stairs and uh, had a traumatic brain injury. And it was really touch or go uh, what was going to happen, if he was going to survive at all, if he was going to regain consciousness. He's, again, miraculously had a pretty complete recovery. But there were uh, a lot of harrowing meetings, uh, a lot of information presented about uh, options to, to my sister who does not have a formal medical background. So it was it was hard for her to navigate that. And so I can appreciate the utility that it would bring to a, a patient or a loved one of the patient to be able to come back to a recording of what their physician told them. Absolutely. And I also want to underscore something else you said earlier, that a prescription or even a narrative summary of the visit or a discharge summary, whatever, really doesn't give the nuance and the full complex thinking that goes into decision-making. For example, one of my friends and colleagues said, well, why do you need to record a visit if you're gonna tell a patient to take medication X? But I said, well, wait a second. There are many different possibilities, treatment options, that, and it could be medications or not. And we want to discuss what the benefits and risks, the advantages of all of these things are. And if it's a number of medications, which medications might be best suited for this situation? And it's important for the patient, the spouse, the family members to understand how we arrived at that conclusion. Give me an example of how one would use that. Sure. So if you were going in to meet with an oncologist to review a test result and to talk about treatment options, I think it would be really helpful to have that recording there. Uh, because you may, as a patient, be faced with a number of choices about your care, you know, whether or not to engage in chemotherapy, uh, radiation, surgery, whether or not certain experimental treatments like in immunology might be appropriate for your condition. I immunotherapy is what I'm going to say there. Yeah, so I think understanding what those options are, particularly when you're in a mental place where you may not be able to digest the information very well, not only is the terminology complex, but 
if the meeting begins with a test result review from your oncologist that says, I'm so sorry, but it looks like it's stage four, you're not really going to be able to parse most of the rest of what they tell you, even if it's very important information. So setting yourself up for success to be able to go back to those words after a day or two, after you've had a chance to clear your mind and really fully understand and what it was that the doctor presented for you, I, I think would be really valuable. So the step would be that first thing that the first person in the family would go and download the app for either an Android device on the Google Play Store or for an Apple device from the uh, Apple Play Store. So they would search for MedCorder, uh, M-E-D-C-O-R-D-E-R. Um, they'd see the heart chat logo, they would hit download. They'd then be taken through a welcome flow that explains what the app is for. Uh, they'd provide their name. They'd create what we call a room, which is a pl uh, place where they can go and share information. It's like a chat room effectively. And they could then invite people from their contacts that they wanted to go and share their medical information with. So that would be a spouse, perhaps uh, an adult child or two, a very close friend. We're anticipating that most rooms would have three to five people in them, something like that. So really your, your inner circle, people who wanna be updated on everything. Then when it came time for your meeting with the doctor, you'd go into the room, you'd explain to the doctor that you wanted to record all or part of the consultation, you'd get their permission. And then in the room, you would hit the large microphone icon in the lower right of the application screen. And that then would present a screen that says, hey, make sure that you've got permission from everybody in the room to record. And you acknowledge that you say, yeah, I have permission from everyone. At that point, it would begin recording. Once the recording is over, you hit the stop button. It asks you to name the recording and then it automatically gets shared out, it gets uploaded to the cloud. So even if you lose your phone after the upload completes, you'll have that recording to come back to, right? The, rec the recording's not gonna accidentally go away on you. Other people who are in the room can see that a new recording was made. They can go and play it. And within a minute or two, a machine generated transcript is also attached to the recording. Because the room acts just like a regular chat room, you can also type textual messages to each other. You can share location. You can take a picture, for instance, of a lab result or something that was looking funny on your body that you just wanted to share out to, to that set of people. You can also upload a video. One use case that a couple of our users are exploring is to create a room just for yourself. Uh, you can do that and you can log uh, what's going on with you. Like I said, you take a picture of something that looks funny and then it would just be shared with you, but it's there for your reference. And that's really helpful, for instance, if you wanted to have a picture that you didn't want to go into your general uh, photo roll. So when you're pulling out your phone to show photos of your kids to a colleague, that there's not medical photos in there that you didn't mean to be shared. Now, one of the big advantages that I see is this machine transcription, because before then, you just had an audio file that was not searchable. Now you have the ability, since it's being transcribed, to search through the file when I say, gee, what did the doctor say about this particular procedure? I need to review that. Then I can search that text. Right now in the app, we don't have search functionality, but it's on our short list of features we're planning on adding. And certainly when there is text available, searching text is a relatively straightforward thing to do. 
There are a number of other enhancements that we're planning to the product. Like I mentioned, it's very early days for us right now. There's a lot of features we're excited to add to increase the utility we can bring the patients and their families. That we can summarize what happened in a consultation, for instance. If a doctor mentioned a follow-up appointment, we could ask the patient and their family for details about that follow-up appointment to make sure that was scheduled for them. If there were changes in their medication that were made, we could go and pull that out as well. Mm-hmm. We also want to help patients and their families better prepare for meetings. So if we know that you have an upcoming meeting, we can make sure that you've got the right set of questions teed up to go and ask your doctor. We're exploring ways that we could get that set of questions you were planning on asking to the doctor in advance so they could prepare themselves. They could understand, your doctor could understand when they were coming in to meet with you that there were a set of questions that you were likely to want answered in the in the consultation. Just trying to help both sides get the most out of the, that precious time that they have together face-to-face. That feature of helping organize the visit and set an agenda is sounds very useful. Now, one of the things I've come up against in my interest in technology in the healthcare arena has been privacy and security. Absolutely. You want to talk a little about that, David? Sure. So we take our responsibility very seriously as custodians of patients' private information. While our company exists outside of HIPAA because we don't interface electronically with physicians or uh, any sort of formal care providers, what are called covered providers under HIPAA, we're entirely patient-directed in that sense. We don't want to use that as some sort of excuse to be cavalier with our stewardship of patient private information. It's very important to us that the patient never be surprised by where their data went. So we use best practices from the security and hosting industries to make sure that there's not casual access to these. We only have actually three employees who have any sort of access to our backend information systems. And each of these three employees has got hardware two-factor authentication, such as uh, security keys. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the use of security keys, but they basically make phishing impossible. We use authenticated endpoints, such as Chromebooks and Mac laptops running the latest version of the operating system with antivirus installed as well. We've got a number of other policies in place that make unrestricted data access much more challenging and make hacking of our systems much more challenging. It'd be pretty foolish for anyone to claim that their systems are hacker-proof. That's usually a good sign that somebody doesn't know what they're talking about in the security arena. Mm -hmm. Um, But rather, having a constant sense of paranoia that there are weaknesses, the weaknesses need to be addressed, and as you address those, you will find other weaknesses. And to treat it as a constant thing that needs to be done in order to ensure that the organization is in good health versus just having a security sprint and being done with it and say, yeah, we, we, did, we did the security thing. We're, we're, we're now secure. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So literally every week we are looking for what can we do this week to increase uh, the security of our systems and to increase the quality of our defensive posture. We've already got a third-party security auditor who's come in, taken a look at our back-end systems, identified a number of potential weak spots. We've got a big body of work planned for the next couple of weeks to go and burn down that set of low-hanging fruit, and then we're going to rinse repeat. You know, go back to the auditor, and based on the updates that we did to the system to see what further weaknesses remain, and just that's something that we're going to need to do ongoing. I appreciate that attention to the security. Now, 
let me just ask this question a different way. I go to my doctor and we talk about a very private issue, a health issue, and where does this content reside and with whom is it shared? The data itself is encrypted in transit as it goes to our backend systems, which are hosted on Google using a service called Firebase. The access control policies on that are locked down so that by default, the only other people who can see that content are the other people in the room with whom you have explicitly said you want to share that information. We do not transmit people's personal health information to advertisers or to third parties for them to inspect. Just because Google is an advertiser doesn't mean we're making this content available to them to advertise against that. We do anticipate that in the future that we may separately ask users for permission to share their information for medical research purposes. If they decline, no problem. We will continue offering them the same high quality service for free. Our focus is on building an app that will be useful to patients and making sure that we've got a model where we can systematically acquire new active users that will be able to use the app well. Once we're at a point where we're convinced that that is working well, our intent is to introduce new premium services on top of what's already there for free. We believe that a lot of patients and their families are willing to pay for additional data concierge services. So one example of one potential kind of service that we could offer in the future would be to have a human medical transcriptionist go through the machine-generated transcript, mark it up, link out to unusual or complex medical terms, and provide a human summary and what's also called diarization of the transcript. Diarization, means when you break apart who said what, so you end up getting something that reads more like a screenplay versus yes. just all of the text that was said. You can much better see who said what. There are machine diarization systems out there, but their quality is much more mixed than the quality of the automated speech recognition that's out there. So we believe that's an area where having a human come in and add some detail could improve the quality and readability of the output of these meetings quite a bit. Now that would cost us money, and so that would be an example of the, a kind of service that we might charge for. For a lot of these cases, it's not necessarily even that we would expect that the patient would pay, but that family members might be willing to pay to ensure that the patient is equipped with the best possible data. How are you getting the word out about this app? Right now, it's been pretty organic. We've had a lot of interest. Recording consultations is something that it turns out a lot of people want to do. There was a survey of UK patients that showed that about 70% of patients wished that they could have access to recordings of their doctor visits. So this is not some sort of rare niche thing that people want to do. But some, somewhat surprisingly, we seem to be the only startup that's out there really focused on this use case and using speech to help a patient make the most out of their meeting with the doctor. And so for that reason, there's been a fair amount of interest, just organic inbound interest in what we're doing, folks like yourself reaching out. We recently were able to print these flyers and we've had a dozen people from across the country volunteer unprompted to help us distribute these flyers to potentially interested patients and their families. 
will count me in on one of those interested people. What percent of doctors are interested in having these visits recorded? What we've found so far is what I would describe as a bathtub curve of adoption, where you've got on the order of 10 to 15 percent of the physician population that is tremendously excited about this. That they know the data that shows that patients understand and retain only a very small fraction of the information that they're being presented with in the consult, and that anything that their patients could do to improve what they're able to get out of the consult is likely to improve outcome. And this comes with no costs to the doctor. It's not an extra tool that they need to wield. It's very simple that all they need to do is consent to the recording. So I think we've got about 15% of doctors who are very enthusiastic and want to find ways to help spread the word and encourage their users to be using an app like this. I would say on the other side of the bathtub curve, there's probably about 15% of doctors who take the stance over my cold dead body, will you ever record any part of the consult? You know, anything that I want you to take away from this meeting, I'll put in the visit notes and that's how we do things here. And then I would say the majority of doctors are somewhere in the middle where they do understand that patients have issues retaining uh, everything that's shared in the meeting, but at the same time, you know, they're concerned about liability. They're, they're not lawyers themselves. And so they want to understand more about how this interplays with HIPAA and is it going to be okay for them? What is the liability going to be from a malpractice perspective of having a recording out there in the wild of, of what they told a patient? They're curious like you are about privacy and security, and they want to make sure that they're not recommending something to their patients that's going to end up causing their patients uh, harm or grief, something that would be regretted later, right? So they've got a lot more questions to ask. And it's actually for exactly this reason, I think it should go live within a day or two. We've got a new section of our site that'll go up that's called For Providers. And this is a page full of information that we're specifically directing to physicians who are interested to know more about MedQuarter, about what we're trying to do, where we can introduce them to our medical advisory board and the people who are on it and our answers to questions like privacy, security, HIPAA, other regulatory issues like wiretapping and the like. And I think they'll be pretty happy with what we have put together there. I mean, we are pro-doctor. We are doing MedQuarter because we believe that doctors are great at practicing their craft, that doctors have valuable information to share with a patient, and that we want to empower patients to get as much as possible out of that special time that they have with their physician. David, is there anything you want to add about future development? I think there's a lot of interesting directions this could go. I don't want to necessarily promise we'll go any one particular direction or the other, but I would say thematically something that really excites me is that I see that there's a lot of great medical technology that is being built to help formal care teams understand what's going on with a patient and communicate directly with a patient. There's a number of very cool new startups that are in our space that are addressed at informal care teams and helping informal care teams better communicate and coordinate. While we participate in that, there's another part of the puzzle that's unmet, which is bridging those two teams of allowing doctor, for instance, to address not just the patient, but the patient's entire informal care team. You know, there aren't mm -hmm. tools to do that today. And we're the beginning of an example of a tool that can do that. Conversely, allowing information to flow the other direction. So letting not just the patient, but the people who are around the patient make clinically useful observations of what's going on with the patient, whether that's mood, health, pain levels, et cetera. And then 
relay that information back into uh, formal care team's hands, right? And that notion of there's lots of people who are around a patient, some of whom are formal care providers, some of whom constitute informal care, and of course there's the patient themselves, all of which are making observations and all of whom have the patient's best interest in mind. And if we can create a way to capture all of those observations, to make sure everyone's on the same page with what's going on with the patient, that I think that's going to yield much better outcomes. And I think we're really excited to be a part of that process in bridging formal and informal care. Please like, subscribe, and comment 